As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 25 years ago, I sold my soul to the devil to become a corporate executive. I quit it all to play the blues. My name is Tom the Suit Force, and this is Chasing the Blues. Hey everybody, and welcome to another session of Chasing the Blues. I'm Tom Forrest, Tom the Suit Forrest, your host, and I wanted to remind you about a contest that we have running with Joyo Pedals. As you know, I'm endorsed by Joyo, and they have sent us a pedal and an amp combined. It's amazing. I use it when I'm touring for writing and uh, great practice. Nobody else can hear it, or you can plug it in an amp. It's got echo, it's got distortion, two stages of distortion, uh, clean sound is great. So uh, listen to podcasts and you will hear how to win one of those. Also wanted to let you know that um, we have been picked up by several other radio stations and we'll be announcing that soon. Yesterday I had the great honor of interviewing the great Bobby Rush. And Bobby uh, is a Grammy-winning musician, and he um, he was a neighbor of Buddy of Muddy Waters, and he told me a lot of stories about playing with Muddy and uh, Jimmy Reed. Uh, he was with uh, Etta James. It's really an interesting interview, so make sure you check it out. Today, I am very excited to have an incredible musician on with us. Rocco Calipari. Hey, Rocco, how are you? Great, Tom. How are you, bud? I'm doing great. I listen to a lot of your stuff. Uh, man, it you you are, first of all, you're a blazing guitar player. Well, thank um, you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, I listened to some things and I thought, and, and it was all tasteful, but I, you know, sometimes you get the blazers, right? And when they, when it right. goes to be playing the, the sensitive stuff, they're still blazing. But you definitely have the wherewithal to do that. You have, uh, you, I know you're in several groups. Uh, you also have recorded with Buddy Guy and uh, Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry and uh, a, a few other luminaries. So, you know, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Now, I also understand that you're a teacher. Uh, yes. Yes, I am. That's fantastic. Um, not many of the people that we interview are like that. It's great that you're sharing the blues and and definitely your 
uh, prowess on the on the guitar with with other people. So that's that's fantastic. So yeah, let's I, I love let's start at the beginning. Um, okay. How did you get started in the blues? In the blue, well, um, it started when I was young. When I very first picked up the guitar, you know, um, I come from a musical family, and um, my father was you know, big music fan and, and a player also, he played bass, but you know, when I was young, I, um, started out listening, you know, mainly Chuck Berry, little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, all the fifties rock, you know? Sure. And then, and then as I moved on, you know, um, started discovering BB King and Freddie King, buddy guy and people like that, you know, and, um, that's where most of my inspiration came from. Yeah. That's great. So, do you remember? I like I remember my first songs and my first guitar and that kind of thing. Do you happen to remember what the first songs uh, you ever learned? Uh, on I, I sure, I sure do. Oh, I, great. Uh, the first song I ever learned on the guitar was uh, "Johnny Be Good" by oh. Chuck Berry. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, there was a. I grew up in Detroit, and down the street from my house, there was a music store, and they, I seen a sign in the window that they were having a recital. I didn't even play guitar yet, and. Uh, I told the guy I wanted to be in. He's like, well, do you play? I said, no, not yet. And he's, he kind of laughed at me, you know? And, um, so I signed up for lessons. I took, I took a lesson and they were showing me Red River Valley and things like that. You know, and I told, so I brought in my Chuck Berry record and said, showed him what I wanted to learn. And, uh, he said, well, you're not there yet. You know, he kind of laughed and he said, you know, let's, let's start here and then we'll, we'll take it as we go along. Well, I went on my own and went home and got out my 45 record and, uh, through the help of one of my uncles, I started finding stuff in boxes, you know, pentatonic st- boxes, although I didn't know what it was at the time. And of course, right. I, I taught myself how to play Johnny Be Good, and I played in that recital, you know, so I was wow. driven to do it. Yeah. So so you never uh, you never went through the Mel Bay books then, I guess. Well, I started, but then, I, you know, back then, when you know, when your kid's kind of boring at first for, oh, a young, definitely. for a young kid, you know, I wanted to play like... Drew Abbott from the Silver Bullet Band and people like that, you know, like <laughs> I like those guys, and and so uh, yeah, I kind of shied away from the Melvin at, at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that's funny. I I went through many many years of pain with Melvin, but mainly because my parents made me so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. But you picked a you picked a great lead. Uh, an intro to that song is iconic. I mean, oh yeah, it's the greatest to me. I mean, to me, that's like the greatest rock and roll intro to a song or ever was written you know that, that's just my opinion but you know i know there's a lot of grace but that's the one that just it grabbed me right at a young age and it's my favorite song to this day and i play it at every gig i play in fact i played a show this weekend and i brought my two and a half year old grandson up on stage with me to play johnny be good with me wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> well you know if you listen to that lead and if you listen to guitar players today many of them are still using some of the pieces of that lead. It's just, it's an amazing lead, actually. It is. It's a staple in, in rock forever. It's timeless. Yep. I actually was, uh, I actually was, uh, I was touring, and this goes back 30, 40 years ago, uh, happened to be in the same hotel as him. They were practicing uh-huh. down the street, and my bass player streaked into their room. So that, <laughs> that's the only... <laughs> That's the only story I have, and it's probably not really uh, a good one. <laughs> so I, I know, uh, I, and again, I, I have listened to your stuff. Um, not only are you a, a very good guitar player, you have a, you have a really strong voice. Uh, the okay. only things that I 
I listen to, and I listen to a bunch, but I, it seems like you're, you're more on the highly electric side. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, on the recording, but I mean, you know, um, outside of the recording, we play a lot. You know, my son and I have a duo gig that we do acoustically. You know, we actually play um, all instrumental music from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. We have a side act that we do all around Indiana, you know. And uh, so, I mean, but with the band, yeah, you you can see we're a high energy rock and blues kind of outfit, you know. Yeah, and it and it definitely jumps the, the you know the rock and blues thing for sure. At least at least what I just don't want to make sure I'm misrepresenting what you do. Oh no, no, that, that that's what that's what we're that's what we're proud of. Okay, <laughs> yeah. great. Well, me I, me too. That's where I am. Um, so a couple of things. We we have a lot of musicians that listen to this show. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, and I just wanted to, you to kind of explain that um, your amp on one of the shows. Maybe it wasn't yours. It looked like a I couldn't tell, but it looked like a I don't know blues deluxe or something like that. It was backwards. Oh yeah, um, I do that. Some we do that sometimes because. You know, you're a guitar player too. How many places you go, and we're too loud everywhere we go. You know what I mean? Well, I think so, that's their fault. That's the sound man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so sometimes I just I turn my amp around just to avoid that. You know, and I, so I'm able to turn it up and try and get the you know sustain and tone that I want because I don't use any pedals anymore. So I try to just get the the tone out of the amp. And you know, sometimes those tube amps, you you know, you need the volume to get the tone you're looking oh, for. Oh, oh yeah, especially those. If if they're not uh, hot rotted, very difficult right. to get from zero to one. <laughs> yeah, there's not much there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of a a, a weaker a weaker sound. So a yes. couple of things. Uh, oh, I and I wanted to ask because I, I I figured people might ask. Um, it I I could not recognize a guitar. It looked like a three thirty five, but I, I knew it wasn't a Gibson. Uh, oh, oh, in the picture you see. Oh yeah, you know, Tom. I have like thirty guitars, so up the years <laughs> I kind of rotate them. But now, um, I settled on a, a custom made Tele that I play. I had an injury a few years ago, so I had to really switch up the way I was playing. I had a surgery and I had to take quite a few months off. So <sighs> now I have a custom Tele that I play with a scallop neck and everything. You know, it's kind of. You know, not too many blues guys do that, but I, w I was kind of forced to have to make that transition, you know. But now that I have, I, I like it a lot. It's very comfortable to play. Oh, that's great. It, it, but it's it's interesting because what I heard with the 335 was a thicker sound, you know, you get from p Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. B.B. Yeah. Yeah, King is, you know, uh, out of all the guitar players that I'm influenced by and love, you know, B.B. King is my favorite, you know, and because of the tone that he gets out of 335. And, well, of course, it's all in his hands, you know, but... You know, I just love the, you know, the tone that he gets and just how vocal he is with his uh, solos. And I, he's, he's my hero, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you play with Howard and the White Boys, which I which I saw several cuts, man, and, and that was excellent. Yeah, yeah, I've been in that band for 27 years now, and the band's been together about a little over 30 years. Wow. Yeah. And, and do you normally, where do you, do you tour with that group? Uh, well, you know, over the years we have, we've done 46 states and 15 countries, mm -hmm. you know, but, but, um, now we're pretty much, uh, we stay local in Chicagoland area. And, um, that's why I'm, I have the head honchos going with my son and we've been together about 10 years and that's the band that we're, you know, trying to tour with and everything. We just got signed to uh, Grooveyard Records out of New York. So, you know, that's the one that we're pushing to do the most traveling with. So, and I saw the head honchos too, by the way, is that excellent? Your son is a, is the guitar player? 
Yeah, he's the other guitarist. We're four piece, two guitars, uh, bass, and drums. Oh, okay. So I, now my son is a musician. Uh, he lives in San Francisco. I made him become a keyboard player because I figured there were a billion of us. Exactly. I tried to get my son to play bass. At first, I got him on the drums and bass, and he wanted to play guitar. So it's like, well, okay, that's what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> it well, it's an excellent band, and I and I'll tell everybody, man. It you know sometimes you see really great blues musicians, and they're touring, and you can tell that the band and they just met. Uh, but you but you guys are definitely well rehearsed, and now that I know it's your son, uh, definitely makes more even more sense. So. Yeah, yeah, we, we we rehearse quite a bit. The the newest lineup that we have is uh, we're really proud of them. We're all really good friends. We get along great, and we're actually able to rehearse because we kind of live a little closer to each other. Um, some guys in the past, you know, were didn't live as close, so we couldn't practice. You know, they lived a couple hours away. We would show up at the gigs, and we still played well because they were great players. But it makes a world of difference when you have time to actually rehearse. You know. Oh God, gosh, yeah, it re it really does. So. When you're when you're thinking about uh, you know I know I know you said BB King now you have played with some really really big folks so can you give us any uh, any interesting stories at least <laughs> that we can publish? Uh, oh, yeah. occasionally <laughs> I have to say that because I had a few things. Yeah, yeah. Was, well, I, got, I I mean there's quite a few funny ones and a few probably I shouldn't say on radio, but uh, go for you it. Know, uh, one one that was kind of I thought was kind of funny that I tell people is. Um, you know, uh, the first I played when I played with Chuck Berry out at the Long Beach Blues Festival back in um, 2005, I believe it was. And um, playing with Chuck, I don't know if you ever played with him, but it's not that easy. He switches up keys on you. He don't tell you what's coming. Right, everything's right, I a know surprise. That. Yeah. yeah, everything's a surprise. And uh, so at one point he told us, I was playing. I had to shut my volume off on my guitar for a minute because I wasn't sure what... what where he was and what song we were playing. I can't, I can't remember what song we were playing, but he actually went up to the promoter and told her to kick me off the stage because I was playing too loud. And I said, well, I don't, I'm not even on right now, you know, and they were kind of a little bit upset with him at the time because, you know, if you know Chuck, he's a stickler sometimes, you know? So then, uh, but I didn't know that he had said that. So I went right up to Chuck right after that. And I said, Chuck, I said, thank you so much. It's one of the greatest days of my life, you know? And he, he slapped me five. He goes, all right, man. He goes, you know, the, uh, Johnny Be Good? I said, of course I do. He goes, hit it, B flat. So I got to play the intro to Johnny Be Good with oh, cool. Chuck Berry at Long Beach Blues Fest. And it, it was like the greatest moment of my life. You know, everybody's hands went up in the air. And then I found out after the show that I was almost kicked off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know that Chuck Berry kind of did it differently. I mean, he, he went from, if, if I'm right, he went from place to place and just took the local... Right, Great that's exactly yeah, that's exactly how well we we were from Chicago. But what had happened was, is we were um, a returning act from the Long Beach Blues Fest, and we were coming there to play with Bo Diddley. Mm. So we we were uh, this is with Howard and the White Boys, by the mm -hmm. way. I was yep. with them, and uh, so we were backing up Bo Diddley, and we would also be Chuck Berry's band. Well, when Chuck seen us playing with Bo Diddley, he didn't want us to be his band because he wanted his own band. He's just he's just funny that way, you know. So they had to talk him into letting us play and everything. So by then there was a little tension already involved, you know. But it all ended up working out great, and you know it's a great memory to have. <laughs> so so tell me, why do you say BB King? What what makes him um, the icon for you? Yeah, you know it's it's his phrasing and just the sound of his guitar and the, and the passion and the emotion that he puts into it. I mean, it's just. It really grabs me, the sound of his guitar, you know, that 335 and 
just what a humble man he is. We played with him, and um, after the show, he was graciously met us all backstage, and um, I played a Fender Stratocaster at the time, and pleaded with him to sign my headstock for me, and he said he was under contract with Gibson, and he wasn't allowed to do that, but he would as long as I didn't tell nobody, so... Don't tell nobody. <laughs> no, but I'm he, glad. I'm no, glad. No, I'm we're we're going to keep it a secret. Yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so he, uh, you know, he graciously signed my headstock to my fender, and he was just a great guy. And like I say, the first time I heard him play, I had the Live at the Regal cassette, I think it was, and uh, I just was blown away by his tone and, you know, the phrasing of his leads and everything and his voice, and he's just, he's just my favorite. Well, you know, I, I read recently that... Uh, what is it? A good guitar player knows when to play. A great guitar it, player knows when not to play. There you go. Yeah. You know, makes a lot of sense, don't it? it? Yeah. Isn't that true? I mean, I, I play oh, yeah. with a million guitar players and sometimes I'm thinking, okay, is this a competition or a song? Yeah. Where's the music? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, yeah. I know what you mean. I mean, yeah. you don't have to, it's good to play fast because occasionally, you know, you want it, but if it's all fast, it's yeah, not, I don't know, man. Yeah, the field starts to lose its way. Yeah, it's when a guy yeah. starts at eleven and stays there the whole night. You know. Yeah, it's impressive. You know, you, you'll you'll see somebody do that at a show. You know, like I see in rock bands when I was younger. You see these guys and come out and they're flying and ripping all over the guitar. But you know, the next day you don't really remember anything they did. But BB can get up there and play a couple sweet notes that'll stay with you the rest of your life. Well, you I know? don't I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, in my older years now, I have gone to holding a note out as long as it will stay. And and oh, yeah. I have seen audiences more captivated by that one than when I'm shredding across a neck. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah, yeah. It, it it grabs them more, you know? It really grabs them. I th I think it's it's it, it first of all, you get to hear more of the music behind it. And I also mm -hmm. wonder if they're thinking, well, what's coming next? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, you leave leave them hanging on a cliff a little bit. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, do Me you too. have any BB stories that you want to share? Um, just that you know, I I just I got to play that one gig with him. We opened up for him at an Arena in DeKalb, Illinois, and uh, it was great. You know, and we um we were actually playing another show down the street so we opened up for bb we ran down the street and played a set and hurry up and came back to watch the rest of his show and so that we could go backstage and meet him we came back to our gig and we were running late and we told the club owner, we're like look we're sorry you know this is a lot once in a lifetime for us so we're gonna have to deal with it today you know well you know i i interviewed someone and i'm trying to remember who it was might been anthony gomes and okay, i yeah, anthony. yeah and uh I think he he was talking about BB King and, and he was asking him about songs. BB said, "Look, it's it's better to be a bad copy of yourself than a good copy of somebody else." Yeah, I know. That's a good quote. I haven't heard that one, but I yeah, like it. And Yeah, and I and I thought, you know what, especially you know when you're doing it, you know when you're you know what, it's a harder road when you're doing your own music out there. Oh, sure. For you sure. Know? Uh, I mean, it's so much easier to play something somebody knows. But on the other hand, if if you love writing and you love presenting something new, there are mm -hmm. musicians out there like like that's what I do, and I know other musicians do that. It's a tougher road, man. Oh, it sure is. Yeah, but it's 
Uh, a lot more satisfaction, though, playing your own stuff. But you know, it's, if you get the more you do it, you get better at it. You know, it's 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 a better feeling. Yeah, and and you know what? Sometimes it's good to remind yourself that you're not just a player singer, but you're also a songwriter. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think I could play any other way now. You know, I I love writing songs. I probably write a song every day. You know, wow. musically. You know, I mean, I try to play, practice every day. I don't miss a day practicing. You know, so. Um, music comes a lot easier to me than the lyrics. I like writing lyrics, but you know, musically, it just seems to come a little easier. Yeah, me, me, yeah, me too. I, I'm good for a verse and a chorus. Yeah, and then the rest of it's painful. <laughs> it is. You got to, you got to find that hook, you know, and oh, work man. around it. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me about your upcoming albums and tours. Let, let, let's let people know about what you guys are doing. Yeah, well, um, our next CD will be uh, dropped in November um, on Grooveyard Records, and we're actually going to start recording this Friday. We have 13 new originals that will be on that CD. And um, like I said, we start recording Friday. We're sending out you know, our EPKs for festivals and everything for next summer. Um, mm-hmm. We're still still playing out this summer you know we got quite a few more gigs coming up but you know just setting up for for next year now you know you gotta be ahead of the game or you you won't play you know so a lot of these festivals that are over we're, we're starting to solicit them now right we're going to try to go overseas this year so you know like i said with this band it's been kind of a long road for us because in between doing it i was playing and touring with howard and the white boys well now since that's slowed down a little you know we're focusing on head honchos more yeah, and I got to tell everybody, man, it, it's a magical band. Um, I, I really love what I heard. I, I thought, and I saw, I, I didn't see the bass player. I don't know why it doesn't. It doesn't. Well, I guess it's because he's a bass player. <laughs> well, the guy that's on the CD is is uh, has been replaced. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah because- the CD, the CD um, is uh, a mix of guys. Uh, a lot of uh, my friends from Chicago that I've played with. Over the years, in fact, you mentioned Anthony Gomes. His bass player and drummer was our our rhythm section for about five years. Also, oh, uh, okay. R- Roger from Molly and Roberto Augusto, who um, we're still friends with, but they're just not in the band anymore. So now we have a uh, Mike Boyle, who was um, Sun Seals' his bass player for many years. Mike's mm-hmm. a real monster on the bass, and mm-hmm. we have new drummer and Will Wyatt, who's phenomenal drummer. And so, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I mean, I, I, people got to, you get, you get, you folks have got to listen to some of this stuff because, man, it's first of all, it's refreshing blues. Um, I, I guess I'm, you know, I'm one of those guys who's not completely enamored with. Oh, I'm going to play this exactly like they did in 1938. You know, uh, yeah. I, I love. I, I listened to a couple of. Th- I think I, I think I heard you play uh, "Skies Crying." Yes, I did, and yeah. and that was great. A uh, great rendition of that song. So yeah, Thanks. my hats off. So so okay. So back to the album. Album's coming out in November. Um, full length album, but you got an EP that you're sending out now. Uh, e- an EPK electronic press kit. Oh, EPK. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's got video of us on there. And, yeah. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 All right. And so, and the new album is called. Well, uh, that's up to the label. They choose the titles of the CD, so we don't even know yet until we, we'll send them all the songs and they listen to all the lyrics and, and then they'll come up with a title and artwork and all that. We don't, we don't really have a, a hand in there, but what's really cool about this label, Joe, the owner, is he gave us um, you know, free reign of the writing and everything. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh, from what I understand, he doesn't do that with too many of his artists, but you know, he's doing that with us. So um, 
he kind of stays out of that and we just give him all the stuff and he listens to it and picks yay or nay and that's what ends up on there you know that's great so yeah. so Rocco um how can I know you have albums out already so how do folks get a hold of those? Uh, at the, the physical copies, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we, we mail them out ourselves. Um, so, uh, you know, without getting them right off the stage, you know, they can find us at uh, theheadhonchosband.com, and they can order them there or our, fe- our Facebook. You know, you can get them from there. And, uh, you know, uh, hard copy, you're talking about a hard copy, right? Yeah. So you can get everything. You can get them on Spotify, all that stuff, too. Okay. The but, yeah, all that stuff's available out there, too. And and uh, give us your website again. Uh, the head honchos band dot com. Head the head honchos band. Yeah. H O N C H O S. Right? Am I right? Correct. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times people get that a little mixed up, and then I hear about it. <laughs> hear about it later. Right. Well, yeah. I will tell you, it was great talking with you, Rocco. Um, you too, I wish you. you guys a lot of luck. It. I'll tell you, anybody who plays music with a relative, like their son, and and I, I do that as well. Um, it can be the greatest experience of your life. Oh, it is. I'm so proud, you know, and, um, yeah, it, it, it really switched things up for me. And I was always happy playing. We love to play this because what we do, but this is a, it's a different feeling. You know, I'm with my son up there and we've been playing so long together. It's, it's a blast. Of course, it, it makes Thanksgiving dinners pretty tough if, you know, he didn't do well on the last gig. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not talking to you. Hand me the turkey. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Um, I am uh, out there uh, touring as well, and maybe we'll bump into each other. And I would love to I do. So. I would love to do a live cast with you. That'd be great, uh, man. You know, we'll sit we down do. and we'll we'll chat. We'll have your son in on it for sure. You know, but he yeah. can tell us all the bad stories. Yeah, yeah, you can tap in his brain for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much. You take care of yourself, and I wish you the best. You too, Tom. Thank you, buddy. All right. Bye. Chasing the Blues is recorded at Factory Underground Studios in Norwalk, Connecticut. You can learn more about Factory Underground at factoryundergroundstudio.com. And connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tom the Suit Force. You can find my music, tour dates, merch, and more on TomTheSuitForce.com. Thank you for listening. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.